welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have an expert in the field of distracted driving. And, you know, what a crazy world in which we live in with all these people doing wild things while they're driving. And Laura Adams is a safety and education analyst for driversed.com. Welcome to our podcast, Laura. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Sure. Could you just give us an overview of um, the ever-increasing and uh, hard to even put it all in condensed form, what people are doing while they're, while they're driving these days? I saw some terms on a, a press release that I had not heard before. So give us an overview about the, um, the world of distracted driving. Well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. Uh, All kinds of different behaviors are going on behind the wheel. Some of them old-fashioned, some of them are related to technology. So driversed.com wanted to dive into this topic and get some statistics on what people are doing and, and really find out what are their behaviors, their patterns, habits, what's going on so we can bring some awareness to the situation. And some of it was not so surprising, but some of it was shocking to me. Um, certainly the, the big takeaway for us is texting. Yes. We know that people are texting. We see it all the time. Maybe even we're doing it, you know, yes. when, we're, when we're tempted. But 73% of the driversed.com survey respondents said that they are reading texts while they are behind the wheel. 54% said they are typing text behind the wheel. So that's a pretty high number. Um, We also asked people if they felt that they are using their phone more than they probably should, and 39% said yes, they do think they're using their phone more than they probably should, but they're still doing these behaviors that are taking their their attention and their uh, off the you know attention off the road and their hands off the wheel in many cases, um, so that's a big takeaway. Um, and you know one other point that I want to make about this is if you think that you are okay and you're safe because you're using a phone on speaker or you're using voice commands on your phone or you're talking through headphones. Don't get lulled into a false sense of security. Uh, study after study has shown that even using hands-free devices is still just as distracting as if it is right there in your hand, you know, pressed against your face. It is just as distracting because it's your brain that is distracted, not your hands. It's a cognitive distraction. So when you're talking on the phone, even if it's just a routine you know, conversation with a spouse or a partner or a friend, some part of your brain is not paying attention to the road. It's multitasking. Studies have shown that we just don't do it very well. Our brains actually don't multitask. We actually do what's called task switching, going from one to the other. And uh, I I think that a lot of people are getting used to hands-free devices. And while it's certainly safer than than having, you know, your hands uh, on a phone, uh, at least a little bit safer, um, I still want people to, to recognize the fact that they are mentally distracted. So this is a problem. Even if you say, well, I'm just glancing down at my phone to read a text, the problem is that that glance takes your attention away from the road. And, and even if it's just for a few seconds, a lot can happen. You know, if you're going 55 miles an hour, you're covering 80 feet per second. So even just glancing down at your phone for a few seconds means that 
you literally could cover the distance of a football field. You could go 360 feet in just a few seconds. And if you think about that, that's pretty scary. A lot can happen in, in just a few seconds when you're not paying attention. Yeah, that's real scary. Uh, th that cognitive thing, I'm really cognitive of these <laughs> days because I guess the old brain doesn't work quite as fast. And so, yeah, when my wife's talking or this or that and, you know, I'm coming up on heavy traffic, I ignore her. But, you know, when you're, when you're a young kid, you know, you're not going to ignore your friends probably so much. So you're right. You're just, just the mental distraction, let alone, obviously, when you're taking your eyes off the road for, you know, texting or button pushing or what have you. That's a good point, that cognitive thing. Yeah, so there's a combination of problems. It's a mental distraction, physical distraction, um, and then, you know, sometimes people are doing all of these things while they're putting on makeup or eating, you know, and, and um, we also found some really disturbing statistics related to watching video behind the wheel. So you can imagine if you're talking and you're watching and you're, you know, doing all of these things at once, how incredibly distracted you are. So the surprising statistic to me that came out of the study was that 8% of the driversed.com respondents said they're watching YouTube videos behind the wheel, 8%. Now, that's, that's um, just crazy to me. I, I didn't even, yeah. hadn't even considered that one. Yeah, I, I think also that, you know, as a person who gets an awful lot of press releases, whether it's online or in the mail, that exact statistic jumped out off the page or off the screen, I should say, at me. I can't. I have to admit that I look at I've looked at text. I've never actually done a text while driving. I'll you know time for true confessions here, but I can't imagine looking at a video or watching Netflix. That just I I can't even fathom. Who who's is there any age um, factor? Uh, people under thirty five or was the was the study not done in terms of uh, age respondents? Yeah, we took a really broad look at uh, demographics. So we have a wide range of ages, locations, you know, income levels, all of that. So we didn't break it down specifically by age, but that's something that we will probably do as we make this an annual study. And there's another statistic that came out uh, about what we're calling Netflixing. Yes. 4% admitted Net to Netflixing, watching Netflix programming while they're driving. Um, so you can imagine, you know, if you're if you're sucked into a, a really great show on Netflix while you're driving, how incredibly difficult that could be uh, in terms of staying safe. Um, so I would encourage anyone who is even tempted to watch video to really, really reconsider. You know, this, even if you're going slow in traffic, which is what a lot of people kind of use as an excuse. They say, well, Laura, I'm stuck in traffic. It's my daily commute. Uh, I'm just going a couple miles an hour. I get bored. Uh, you know, how, how can I, I need to use my time wisely. How can I stay off my phone um, if it just seems so safe? And yes. I think the answer is that it's really never safe. You know, you never know what can happen when you take your eyes off the road. A motorcycle could uh, swerve out in front of you. Uh, you know, a, a car could make a quick motion that you don't see. Somebody could brake quickly in front of you. So many things can happen. And, you know, even a fender bender at a small rate of speed can, can still be serious and is still going to uh, result in a ticket and increased auto insurance rates and a bunch of negative things, even if it's not uh, a serious accident. Well, yeah, the, these newer cars, they have these security suites like most all the Hondas, for example, that, that are, uh, they'll self-brake. 
Supposedly. So, I wouldn't want to test that theory, but it seems like maybe at least younger kids do test that theory. Right, right. Yeah, and if it does work and if it is foolproof, fantastic. Uh, but the reality is, like you mentioned, you know, it may not be I wouldn't test it, 100% yeah. of the time. I was noticing, Laura, that um, you had a, a pretty uh, a large number of people who responded. Could you tell us how the survey was done? And I think you see there, I'm looking at, was it 1,600 and some odd people that you, that you uh, had uh, answers from? And if that's accurate, and, and um, I'm not putting on the spot in terms of that's enough or not enough, but why 1,600? And, and do you feel that's a good representative number if you took that 1,600 and applied it to different parts of the country? Or tell, tell us if you can what that 1,600 represents. Yes, the, the survey represents answers from over 1,400 oh, four, respondents. Okay, 1,400, thank uh, you. Who thank answered you. that they have a driver's license and the demographics of those are a very broad range of income, location, age, and, and both, um, you know, representing men and women. So I do think that it's, you know, it's a good sample. It's certainly not um, uh, millions of people, but it's enough, I think, to get a sense for what is going on in different parts of the country and across different age ranges. Um, and, you know, it's something that uh, is really just highlighting the problem. And, and for us, we want to make sure that there's an awareness that even if you're a great driver, you are on the road with a lot of people who are not great drivers. I was, look, I was looking at the CDC back to this age thing again, and they say the distracted driving, the, the biggest bulk of the, the, the problem is people under 20. And that might be related, they didn't say, but I'm wondering if that's... You know, that's the time in your life when you do take riskier behavior. Um, they also mention that uh, if you do text and drive, then you're, more, you're less likely to wear seatbelts, you're more likely to ride with a driver who'd been drinking, and you're more likely to drink and drive. All risky behavior. So if you're young, I mean, hey, texting's for you, right? <laughs> and this is why young drivers uh, have very expensive auto insurance, right? Yep. Statistically, they are getting into more accidents, and particularly uh, young young men, you know, are are, are getting into more accidents. Um, and this is this gets better with experience, with age and maturity, certainly. But it's the, the perfect storm when you're talking about teenage drivers, you know, 16, 17, um, up to 19 years old. They are definitely. Some of the worst drivers out there, and yeah. again, you know, it's it is because they're they're new, they're learning, and unfortunately, it just takes experience to become a better driver. Um, so this is why it's so important for teen drivers not to be distracted. They've got to stay focused and uh, stay tuned in to the road. Otherwise, all of these factors are just really working against them. And uh, motor vehicle deaths are the, the number one cause of death for, for teens age 15 to 18. So, you know, it's a really sad reality. Um, and we've just got to do everything we can to, to make sure they get the education that they need and build a foundation of good driving behaviors and habits that will last them for a lifetime. Laura, I noticed that this uh, press release, this new information, uh, the press release is dated October 1st, so this is a, a, a new study that you guys have done and released. Um, what do you think would be a good outcome for you? What would be satisfactory, and, and what do you guys plan to do in terms of getting this report out to more people? And, and what is the 
What would be a, an end game for you guys if, if there is such a thing? What, what do you hope to accomplish with this survey? Well, the main thing is to bring awareness to this issue. A lot of people do know that distracted driving is on the rise, but you know they may not know some, some of the specifics that we've talked about. And what we do hope is that people will take driving education a little bit more seriously. Um, many parents think that they're perfect to teach their kids how to drive. You know, they think, well, I know how to drive best and I'm going to be the best teacher. And the reality is, in many cases, it's much better left to a professional um, and, and somebody that does this for a living and, and can expose kids to different types of uh, environments and experiences. So that's one thing that we are offering at driversed.com. We do in-car driving lessons in certain parts of the country, um, but we also have an online driving school and so these are courses that are uh, accredited. They're offered through some of the largest schools in the country uh, for defensive driving or even to help you if you get a ticket to help take points off of your, your driving record so that you can keep your auto insurance rates as low as possible. So we have a variety of education um, that really is designed not only for teens but for mature drivers as well. So, you know, if you feel like your driving skills are just not as sharp as they used to be, you might need to go through a driver education course. And the good news is that, you know, they're typically not that expensive, um, and they also can get a discount for you on your auto insurance in most cases. I would say check with your insurance company first and find out if they do offer that. But many, many carriers across the United States will give you a pretty significant discount if you simply show them that you successfully completed an online driver education course. I've heard of that. I've never, I haven't take, taken anyone up on that, but that's, that is a good idea. I noticed uh, two things also on the information that was provided. Number one is uh, marijuana use. And I know that's a, re a relatively new uh, phenomenon. Um, even though back in the day when I was a teenager, let's just say that, uh, that, that that experiment was tried a few times by my friends and I, but that's a long time ago. But in, in the modern in the modern era, when the marijuana use laws have changed, can you talk to uh, that issue about how that affects what you guys are up to? Yes, the driversed.com study did ask that that question. We said, you know, what uh, what type of, of uh, impairment, you know, have you had behind the wheel? And we asked about uh, what people think about it. 84% of the respondents said they thought drinking is more dangerous than marijuana driving, which is, is not surprising. But what is surprising is 10% of the respondents said that they have driven after smoking or ingesting marijuana within the past 12 months. So this, as you mentioned, this is going to be more prevalent as more states legalize marijuana, and certainly people are even doing it, you know, in states where it's not legal. Um, but there, there is, um, you know, maybe somewhat of a feeling like, well, I can get away with it because, you know, it's not alcohol. It won't be a DUI. Can you tell us, Laura, about uh, another area of the study that I noticed with is with Uber and Lyft and and ride-sharing programs and how that affects uh, the study. And if you see somebody who's driving an Uber or a Lyft car erratically, uh, does that tie, how does that tie into your study? The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority. 
bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. While they are completing um, you know, this, the ride share, and 49% of the respondents said that they would ask the driver to stop using their phone, and they would then report them after the drive, um, which I thought was pretty good. Um, yes. I was a little surprised that it wasn't a higher uh, percentage than 49 30% said they would say nothing to the driver, but they would report him or her. And 21% said they would do nothing. And so I think, you know, the takeaway here is to let people know that if even if you're not driving, if you are in a vehicle with someone who is driving in a manner that you don't feel comfortable with, you feel like they're too distracted, you really should say something. And at the very least, be aware that you can report a ride-sharing driver uh, as being distracted and, and, you know, not being a good driver. So don't be hesitant to report somebody, um, and, and that way they will you know, perhaps not be chosen for so many rides or, or even not be allowed to drive anymore for that service if they do get reported frequently enough. Um, so, you know, this is something just to be aware of, that even if you're not the person behind the wheel, it's really important that you're the driver, whether it's a friend or, a prof, you know, a, a professional driver, a taxi cab, an Uber driver, make sure that they are driving as well as they can and, and keeping you as safe as possible. Yeah, that's good advice. I mean, at the very least, you, I guess you could say, or let me let me do that for you, or or I'll, I'll tell you how to get there. Yes, say something. This this reminds me of a couple of years ago when the professional golfer Jordan Spieth was first became prominent. That there was a a PSA made with him that he got into his car and he put his cell phone, his mobile phone, in the glove box. And uh, I haven't seen that that video or that commercial for a while. I don't know if, if um, anybody else has done that sort of thing. So are you in your, uh, with driverzed.com, is, is it part of um, that organization's belief that people maybe should put their uh, phones in their pockets or in the glove box, or do you guys not branch out to that degree? No, we do. We definitely recommend that the phone goes in the glove box. Um, we have a saying, put your junk in the trunk. <laughs> so even if that trunk is, is just a glove box, um, you know, that's enough in most cases to keep the distance between you and your phone and to keep you from seeing it flashing and, and you know, text coming in. And um, that's what I try to do when I get in the car, and I definitely encourage others to do the same. If you don't need it for navigation, you don't need it for any other purpose, just put it away. You know, the, the temptation will be there if you allow it. And the reality is there, there are not too many calls that – can't wait until you arrive at your destination or at least can pull over to a safe legal location to return a call or, or a text. Uh, yes, I know uh, some of the uh, cell carriers actually have uh, apps you can put on your phone. I used to have it for AT&T. The uh, phones won't go, or the calls won't go through when you're driving and the text won't either. And it'll actually automatically tell the person that I'm driving and I can't call you I'll call you back so that's kind of a cool little feature the that you can use if you want to absolutely you know if you can turn technology from the culprit into the cure it's going to be a win-win for everybody right so whether it's an app that you use um, or like you mentioned the, the carriers feature I think that's terrific 
Also, driversed.com does have an app. It's called Mentor for Families, and it's an app that you can monitor, um, you know, your entire family's driving behaviors, things like time of day that you're driving, the speed you're driving, how hard you're hitting the brakes, some basic metrics about how you're driving, and even if you are handling the phone and, and, and touching it while you're driving. Um, so, yes, there's tons of great technology out there that can help us be safer if we choose to. Yes, your driverzed.com uh, website has a whole bunch of stuff on distracted driving. Pretty interesting, and I know one thing would be kind of fun, I'm going to take it here, is the uh, distracted driving quiz. And they ask you several questions about uh, texting, answering the phone, and all this, and then you submit it. I, I want to do that. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Well, I, I, one other thing I wanted to mention, this is a little bit off topic, but I noticed... Um, that you're not in any of these photos. On uh, we, we feel that if you're the analyst, maybe you should be on the website and talking and maybe on some level. And also I noticed, um, this is a little bit more off topic, is that I really like the driversed.com logo. And I'm, I'm assuming that the E in driver's ed is not only a steering wheel, but it could be seen as eyesight too, is, uh, or somebody with um, looking through the E. Am I off base on that or is that deliberate? That is deliberate, and I agree with you. I do love the logo as well. It's, it's really clever, and there are all kinds of great resources there on the site. So I would encourage anyone who's interested in safety, uh, whether it's for yourself or uh, a new teenager in your family that's getting ready to drive, you know, point them in the direction of some great resources. I, I think most people want to be good drivers. You know, they just need a little bit of help and a little bit of awareness about what can what can be dangerous you know many people don't even think about the fact that if you are putting on makeup while you're driving or eating while you're driving that can be equally um, as distracting as texting uh, or using technology um, and also we have so many built-in technology features in cars now um, that I think that's another kind of important topic that kids need to be aware of. There are lots of, lots of things to play with in the car, you know, that maybe weren't there 10, 20 years ago. So new drivers have a lot to, lot to manage and juggle. Um, so anything that they can use to their advantage to start off their driving lifetime with some safe habits I think it's going to serve them very well and also, of course, everybody else that's on the road with them. Yes, uh, put them in an old VW bug where they have to shift and uh, roll the windows up and down. That'll keep them, <laughs> keep them, keep them thinking about the car and not uh, whatever else they're thinking of. Yeah, I don't, so I, don't know, I don't know where I read this, but it's been many years ago. And without all the new technology in, in vehicles and all the things that we're doing, these days, there used to be just a simple survey that said, do you believe that you're a good driver? And I think maybe it was like 85% of the people who responded to the survey said yes. And then of course it was inaccurate because I don't think anybody really wants to admit that they're not a very good driver. And right. now you have all right. these other things coming into the into, into the equation. It, it's amazing to me. It would be nice just to see, maybe the question's on here and I haven't seen it yet, but just asking the person flat out to start with, do you think you're a good driver and what that number would be today? Absolutely, I think you're right. Most people do think that they are a fantastic driver. So not everyone can be right. And, and we um, it, you know, need to be a little humble about our ability to improve. You know, I think most people, uh, no matter your age, 
can improve their driving skills. Um, and in a, in a lot of cases, all it takes is just tuning in, just staying more focused, uh, being a little bit more aware. And, and if you do get bored while you're driving, if you're on a daily commute, that you're just kind of on autopilot, maybe try a different route, maybe go you know, a different way to work so that you do get a little bit more awareness uh, for your surroundings and, and you don't just sort of um, you know, feel like you're half asleep behind the wheel and then you get to work and think, well, I don't even remember how I got here. Uh, that's just so incredibly dangerous. So doing something new, switching up your routine a little bit can help you. Yes, I, I wondered if also uh, I've come around in, in recent months, maybe in the last year or so, to listening to podcasts. And, and I've noticed sometimes when I'm driving and I have a podcast on, it's not the same as a radio station, uh, whether it's um, terrestrial radio or satellite radio. Uh, I, I'm finding that sometimes I, I think that I'm a little distracted listening to a podcast, but then I also think it, maybe it's keeping me more attentive. So I, I think both ways. Do you have any thoughts uh, on pod, listening to podcasts? Yeah, I do think that um, in a lot of cases it can be a little less distracting than the radio in some cases, um, and particularly if people tend to switch stations and want to kind of move around on the dial a lot yes. with the radio. With the podcast, you're a little bit more, um, you know, kind of tuned in for a longer period, and maybe it's the same as, as an audio book, you know, something that's a little longer format so that you've got one thing to think about and focus on during that commute. Um, and, and that's certainly, I think, safer than, than playing with a lot of buttons on the dash. Well said. Laura, this is probably a good time to, um, to thank you for, you know, your wealth of knowledge. You have a lot of expertise, and, and uh, certainly I've learned a lot in the, in the last 25, 30 minutes or so. So we really want to thank you for being our guest on the Weekly Driver podcast. Laura Adams, the Safety and Education Analyst at DriversEd.com. Don't forget to visit driversed.com. As we said earlier, there's so much information on there. It'd take a few hours to go through it. And, and I certainly learned a lot in the last, just looking at it before our podcast and during our podcast. So, Laura, thank you again for being our guest. We really appreciate it. You're terrific. Thanks so much for having me. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer. Bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. 